This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to Stafford's Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And yes, uh, I probably sound a little bit better this time, uh, don't I, Dylan? Uh, as we kind of teased in the last episode, we tried something different by doing this uh, on a video conferencing call. We're not going to name uh, the platform. We don't want to throw them under the bus here. But um, clearly, uh, my audio did not turn out too well, and uh, we're not exactly sure why that is. But Dylan sounded great, so uh, if you love Dylan, that was a <laughs> podcast for you because uh boy he sounded wonderful um but uh again we're sorry about that but uh technical issues they happen sometimes and that's what we get for trying to put our beautiful faces uh, on the screen while recording but uh dylan we've got more important things to talk about now and that is uh, the results from uh, week 12 in the nfl and mm. uh, believe it or not still multiple games that have yet to be played but uh let's go ahead and just jump right in because uh there's quite a bit of action uh on this week as we know because of the lack of buys and all this other stuff so Let's talk about our games of the week, uh, which uh, we start here. We def- we pick two, and, well, turns out that uh, these two games uh, were interesting. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I guess you could call them games of the week in a sense, but uh, they were they were two noteworthy results, I think, overall, uh, as we talk about the Chiefs and the Bucks, uh, with the Chiefs uh, getting the victory 27-24 to against the Bucks, And, of course, you had the Titans go in and get a 45-26 to win against the Colts. Um, and look at us. We got the Chiefs one right, but we got the Colts one wrong. Uh, pretty pretty impressive performance there for the Chiefs on the road and a pretty impressive performance, uh, maybe more so, uh, for the Titans on the road against the Colts. Yeah, a huge statement win for the Titans, proving both of us wrong with our uh, Colts pick here. Obviously, just a couple weeks ago, they put down – Uh, quite the uh, hammer on the Titans in Nashville, but nonetheless, Tennessee bounces back, and Derrick Henry obviously went off. The Colts' offense just did not look great as well. One of the better performances we've seen from Tennessee's defense, I feel like, in a while. They gave up 26 points by the end of the game, but overall felt like they were, you know, kind of controlling things better than we've seen them uh, for most of this year. But yeah, it's it's the thing we, you know, as much as we talk about the Titans and their ability, mostly throughout the season until this game, only winning close games, you see in this one where they are able to just completely blow it out of the water, but just the biggest thing is their offense, when it's clicking, it is really good. You don't have to have Tannehill 
throwing for a ton of yardage. This is where when it's operating at its uh, at its best rate is when they're able to run the ball this well. Obviously, the Colts really missed DeForest Buckner on the COVID list. They showed flash the graphic with all the stats of how much worse they are for yards per play, yards per run against them without him. And I'm sure those numbers are only going to get worse after this one. Tennessee finishing with 229 rushing yards on 45 attempts. Obviously, Derrick Henry uh, with the, the vast majority of those. So, yeah, huge win for Tennessee now. Puts them right back in, this, in the race. Uh, obviously, they have the one-game lead on, on the Colts for the division. But overall, just splitting that uh, those matchups really works out really well for them. Their division odds just sh- shot up with football outsiders. And on the flip side, yeah, I guess the Chiefs-Bucks game, you, you say it might maybe lived up to the game of the week. But really, it wasn't that much of a game no. until late. Uh, Tampa Bay made it close with a couple uh, fourth-quarter touchdowns. Uh, the defense for Tampa did bounce back in the second half and the first half. They were absolutely shredded as, as a Tyree Kale fantasy owner. I couldn't have been uh, more pleased to watch that game. It was ridiculous what was happening with him. And, he, I, you know, Tyree Kale, I think he is regarded as one of the better receivers in the NFL, but uh, maybe he's thought of as benefiting just really well from Mahomes, and that is true to a certain extent and being just a big play threat. But you really saw him in the intermediate routes and what he's able to do just as a complete receiver. Uh, it was on full display in this game. He was Absolutely insane. Obviously, Mahomes himself was crazy. Didn't put up a ton of points the second half or late in the game, but nonetheless, still getting another win, 10-1, and one, uh, bearing down on the Steelers for that number one seed. Yep, Tyree Kill, fantasy owners, uh, probably defeated their opponents uh, by himself uh, maybe this week. Uh, 13 receptions, 269 yards, three touchdowns. Um, luckily, I didn't go against them, but uh, that didn't really matter. Uh, when you look at some of the other craziness uh, that took place around the NFL uh, in terms of uh, some of just the weirds, this was a weird statistical week, I feel like, um, not just in fantasy, but just for a lot of different ones. I don't know what it was, but uh, you had some weird stats, of course, for the Broncos one probably stands out more than others, but we'll get to that one. <laughs> Here in just a bit. They did not have themselves a game of the week, uh, without a doubt. Uh, Chiefs, Titans, good road wins there for them. Uh, our betting locks of the week, well, Dylan, we have nothing to talk about because uh, that's a first this season because it turns out that both of our betting locks have yet to be played. So we'll have to mm-hmm. uh, gloat about them. I don't, are we even going to be able to – we're not even going to know if we're going to be able to talk about them on the next episode of the podcast. Uh, now that not even Steelers. Yeah. It, yeah wow. A little before we recorded that game got moved to Wednesday. We'll see if that even happens. Um, that spread when you made it your betting lock, or maybe I did, it was five and a half uh, Steelers. It is now up to ten. I'm surprised it's only there. <laughs> And then the Seahawks, are, uh, one of us picked them as our betting lock. They were six-point favorites at the time, now 6.5. We'll have that one. We can mention yeah. that one. Yeah, uh, definitely Ravens Steelers regardless. We'll not be able to on our next uh, recording. That is that is a first that you literally have to probably wait an entire week to hear uh, me gloat about my betting lock of the week. But yeah, I'm just gonna say I'm, I'm locking that in at five and a half. So uh, if the Steelers win by five and a half, we're counting that as a as a cash because uh, we we did mention that on the last episode of the podcast. Like you said though, uh, way up now though uh, are the the line on that one, and understandably so given that. How many is it? Is it 19 players have been added? Something ridiculous, um, like seven starters on offense. Yeah, Something Mark cool. Andrews was added today. Um, gosh, it's just – it's nuts, isn't it? Um, it's just – or maybe the Mark Andrews thing was a couple of days ago, but maybe they just officially added Official it today. today. Yeah, so, um, man, it's just – I don't know. Like, it's, it's wild even to – you know, I guess just to see this game being played, but like we talked about, I mean, with the Broncos, like we'll get to them in a minute, but it's just, boy, that we knew there were going to be some weird things happen this season. We knew there was going to be some adjustments. Certainly um, in that Ravens-Steelers game, uh, going to be some adjustments uh, there probably in that one. Uh, so, yes, we move on from our betting locks. Uh, the quickest we've strolled through that uh, category uh, in, since this season, uh, for sure, into our upset picks of the week. And, uh, well, 
I'm feeling pretty good about mine. Dylan's feeling pretty good about his. I'm not feeling so great about picking the team uh, to beat Dylan's pick, the upset of the week. Which uh, let's just start with the let's start with the good side. Uh, the Falcons, the Raiders were oh, three point boy. favorites in this one. I told you, man. I said this this just feels like one of those games. I don't know what it is. It's just the Raiders. You feel like they're going to lay an egg sometimes, and they avoided the 43 to six. This was not even close. This was never a game. Um, the Falcons just completely dominated this game from start to finish. And you know, they're as we I feel like we we say this all the time. Falcons are the best four and seven team maybe in NFL history at this point. Um, <laughs> they're the most talented, but yet uh, here they are uh, at only four and seven. The Raiders, though, obviously, I mean, it's they're still six and five, but boy, that's a pretty disappointing loss for sure. Yeah, I, one thing I'll say about the Falcons, at least the last few weeks, uh, basically since Dan Quinn got fired, their defense has been a lot better. I know they didn't play particularly well against some, uh, you know, the Saints, but that's going to happen to a lot of teams. Uh, but overall, they've been fine. And they, I mean, the fact that they limited one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL to uh, an average of 2.9 yards per carry of 40 yards and 14 rushing attempts, that's insane. I mean, I did not anticipate that happening in this one and obviously the Falcon and also but on the flip side I'm like if I heard the Raiders only give up 304 yards I would have thought they would have been chilling in this game against this Falcons defense yeah, they, it's not like it's not like their defense was getting dominated they just turned the ball over so many times deep in their own territory early on the Falcons weren't taking advantage uh, settled for a lot of field goals it did not matter by the end of the game clearly it just got really out of hand it was just a weird weird game a couple special teams uh, defensive touchdowns for Atlanta too just a just a weird, uh, not how I anticipated this would uh, go. It didn't, I don't think it quite met the over-under, which I think was a 54 or 55. So uh, if you <laughs> Falcon score 43 points, doesn't even get there. Very weird. Hopefully for the Raiders' sake, they can bounce back because, yeah, that, uh, I mean, 6-5, and five, you're still feeling okay. But in the AFC playoff picture, that's a really, really tough loss, That uh, at least in terms of the odds. It, cha- it brought them down 24%, according to football outsiders, making the playoffs. They still have wild-card odds of 41.7%. Uh, but they were in the in the 60s. They were feeling pretty good. This is a game they felt like they needed to get, and to get lost by 37 points, man, that was it was really a, a wake up call for them for sure. Well, um, another team that uh, gave up 40 plus points. But a lot of teams gave up 40 plus points this week, didn't they? I think it was four teams uh, gave up 40 or more this week. Um, we've already talked about the Titans. Uh, we we're about to get to Texans. a couple of the others. Yeah, the, we'll get to that one, and then this one. Oh, the Cowboys. Boy, I picked the Cowboys. I thought, I mean, the this this goes back to the Vikings too, though. And it's like, man, if you're the Vikings, you think back to that game against the Cowboys. Oh man, because the Cowboys gave up 41 to Washington here. Um, you know, this isn't the this isn't the Washington offense of old. Like, this is not one of your most you know I guess dangerous offenses in the NFL by any means. But yet they went and put up 41 points on the Cowboys here. Scored you know 21 in the fourth quarter, of course. Um, Antonio Gibson just ran all over them. Um, boy, this was bad. You talk about the Cowboys. This just kind of sums up their season right here. And now the good news for Washington, they're right back in the in the my pick for the NFC East at this point. They're right back in the thick of things now, uh, four and seven on the year. <laughs> yeah, our, our midseason selections, at least going through Washington, the Giants, looking pretty good. That one of them will get it. We'll see what Philadelphia does tonight. They'll probably. Uh, drop down a bit if they lose in terms of their odds but right now it's neck and neck with these two teams obviously the Giants have the the tiebreaker but for Washington I mean the defense is still really solid we've kind of talked about that the offense I mean the fact that Gibson has been this good they could not have expected that going into the season that's a huge 
huge get for them moving forward. Obviously, Terry McLaurin doesn't finish with a touchdown, but he had the, the saving the, the interception return uh, with his hustle there. Um, Jalen Smith, that was a huge play, but also just overall still such a complete receiver they have and so they have interesting pieces to look forward to moving forward obviously the defensive line if Montez Sweat can play as well as he did alongside Chase Young I mean it just they have things moving forward that you're happy about if you're a Washington fan Uh, so you got that going for Dallas man I like you said it sums up the whole season they were in this game obviously for wide stretches but they just could not run the ball against a pretty again good Washington uh uh, defensive line and uh, defensive front with what they're able to do. But nonetheless, that's, I mean, Dallas's offensive line, obviously the injuries to Zach Martin and just, oh, they just keep piling up. It's ridiculous what they've gone through. Um, but they have still talent at the skill positions that just isn't able to get it done with the current setup. And the defense is still, I mean, this game didn't play terribly because they gave up two touchdowns without the defense on the field. But, uh, man, it's it's a mess. And the fact that they can't dominate this division at this point with all where everyone else is, I mean, they have to feel the, them in Philadelphia, obviously. Washington, the Giants, are two teams that are coming up that may, haven't been good, at least are in the, moving the right direction. They have the similar records to Dallas and Philly, but they must feel a lot better because those two franchises have to feel like this was their division for the taking for the next few years, and it's just not happening. Cowboys not out of it yet, though. Hard to believe. Nope. Three and eight. They're still in this thing. Um, just incredible. Absolutely incredible. But um, we'll talk about another team that scored uh, 40 points here in a second. Before we do, let's talk to you about Indeed. Uh, 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe challenge to be their most efficient, which means that every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed, the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control, payment flexibility over your hiring process. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers are in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, uh, and uh, it's clear that Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for their hiring. So right now, Indeed, offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means that more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's talk about uh, the Texans. Uh, they put up 41 against the Lions, and uh, as we know, that uh, led to a wholesale change there in Detroit. Uh, Matt Patricia is out, and uh, I don't think that's a huge surprise given uh, the way this season has played out for the Lions. They're 4-7. and seven. They're not really going anywhere. Uh, meanwhile, the Texans, they're also 4-7, and seven, but uh, you feel like still that's you know a franchise that obviously you have something big to build around in Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, who had four touchdowns in this game. Uh, but uh, it's very interesting to see, you know, where the Lions go from here. But this was another one of those kind of meaningless games in terms of the standings. But uh, obviously a significant game uh, for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's uh, it was about time, as we've kind of talked about. It's just you've regressed uh, on defense the last three years from a pretty league average one uh, 
when Jim Caldwell left. Obviously, just overall in that era, what he was able to do, winning games and keeping them in playoff contention, getting to the playoffs, it just regressed so much. And, uh, you know, you feel decent at certain points about what they've done on offense, Bevel, and some of the talent they have. Obviously, they've definitely missed Galladay. But the bigger story is just that how just overall as a team, they just haven't gone anywhere and just have, if anything, gone down. And, yeah, so it wasn't surprising that that firing happened after this game. Uh, just overall, man, it was it was ugly for <laughs> large portions for them. On the flip side, obviously, Deshaun Watson just, I mean, a rating of over 150. But overall this year, I mean, he's been great despite the fact they're 4-7. He's the reason they've won those games, but also have been close in some of their losses against teams that are much more uh, filled out on their rosters, I will say. Uh, uh, similar maybe to Atlanta in terms of a team that's kind of rallied since uh, the firing of their head coach. We'll see if the Lions do the same now. Uh, but yeah, they've been playing better lately. Deshaun's just amazing. So they do have a ton of work and some, you know, they're going to have to draft really well in some of the later rounds, given some of the picks they've given up and all those things. But uh, at least you, yeah, like you said, at least you got Deshaun to build around. The Cleveland Browns are eight and three. Can we believe that? Um, I feel like this is, this is what we were banking on last season, but it didn't happen. But now they're eight and three uh, with a 27, 25 win against the Jags who've dropped to one and 10, although still not the worst team in the NFL. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, but uh, the Browns here, pretty, pretty. I don't know if you want to say overly impressive day, but I think just for them to be where they're at at eight and three is impressive in and of itself. Uh, no matter how they've done it, they've certainly won some ugly games, but uh, that's what you got to do sometimes. And um, I mean, this is, you know, again, it's a situation of they're eight and three, but we've also seen them beat up on some bad teams. Uh, can they do this against the top teams? I think that'll be the big question uh, once they hit the playoffs. Yeah, it's that's the thing, man. They're still they're probably I mean, it helps that the Raiders lost, the Colts lost, some of these teams that are in contention with them for wild card bursts have fallen and so it's lining up still. I mean, right now they, they should be able to get in and maybe two more wins is what it takes over these last five games. A schedule that has been really easy has helped them. They've just kind of skated by with some of these close wins, wins at home and weather. We'll see how they respond though the next five weeks. They do get the Giants and Jets. Um, on the road, those games are ones you would hope they could win. The Giants may be a little more of a challenge, but they also play the Titans, Ravens, and Steelers. That's, I mean, those are all, I mean, maybe not the, right now the Ravens, we'll see if they're able to get in the postseason, a lot going on for them. But that's where we'll really learn about the Browns, because right now it's it's a lot of games like this where they just beat teams that they barely, that they should be crushing. It's just not been the most inspiring 8-3 and three, uh, record. Uh, but if you're the Browns and you're Browns fans, I mean, you got to still feel good about it, because you haven't been to the playoffs and what 19 years I believe it is now, uh, and man, it's it's. I mean, you got to be happy about the fact that you're at least going to get in the postseason. But in terms of where they're going moving forward, I don't know. It's it's questionable. They have a lot of talent still, but uh, it still hasn't come together like we kind of even thought it would before the season. It's it's funny because yeah, the offensive line, run blocking wise, have been really solid. But I, I, it's again, it's against a lot of bad opponents. I just don't know how to. It's I, this is the least confident I can remember being in an eight and three team. Um, because, and I don't want to be, because I, again, you want to feel good about, uh, for this fan base that they're going to most likely get back in the postseason. a lot of exciting players, but it's, it's just the reality. They, if you look at the, the schedule, the games they've gone through, they've won, they've just beaten a lot of bad teams, um, and not really beaten anyone that good outside of the Colts. 
Well, by the way, we just mentioned we tried to stay positive with the Texans, but uh, Will Fuller just announced that uh, he's done. He's been suspended for the rest of the year, so um, there's uh, not so positive for the uh, the Texans. Apparently, a PED violation, so six games, which that means he's done for the season. Um, so not ideal there for the Texans, who uh, just got a little bit of momentum, and Will Fuller just came off of a six reception, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, so things just got a little more uh, difficult for Deshaun Watson there, but uh, we didn't really think the Texans were going to make the playoffs, anyways. Uh, but that pretty much, uh, I think, sums it up right there. So um, let's talk about the Bills and the Chargers. Uh, Bills get a 27-17 win over the Chargers. Bills also 8-3 now. Um, you know, I, I didn't think the Chargers played that bad in this game, to be honest with you. But I, I think overall, you know, it's just I think the Bills are the better team at this point. We've said that. Getting Austin Eckler back for the Chargers was significant. Um, this guy is a PPR nightmare in fantasy. Uh, he had 11 receptions <laughs> in this game uh, as a running back. Uh, Justin mm-hmm. Herbert had to throw it a lot, but uh, this is just another, I think, example of, you know, the Bills just kind of putting themselves in a position where they're just kind of, you know, pushing forward here. And really, when we think about it, you take out the, you know, the, the last second loss to the Cardinals, which probably should have never happened, um, and they should be sitting here, at, you know, at 9-2 and two right now. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. For all the struggles they've had on defense and still at times in this game, it, they weren't fantastic on that side of the ball. Not as good as they were last year by any stretch of the imagination. They're still winning games. And, yeah, I mean, it was the Chargers. They were at home. There was that one point in the second half where te- they're they're fumbling and are throwing interceptions, and it didn't matter because the Chargers were just charging uh, just as hard the other way. It was, it was hilarious. I was like, does anyone want to win this game? But the outcome was kind of decided at that point with the Bills with a two-score lead. Obviously, at certain points, yeah, you see why everyone's so high on what Josh Allen's done this year. Other points, not so much. Had uh, struggled a bit. Obviously, went out of the game uh, for a while as well. But this is the first time we've seen them run the ball, I would say, that this well easily this season. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary both averaging over six yards per carry. That was encouraging to see, even against the Charger team, which, uh, you know, on defense outside of Joey Bosa, who looked, I mean, he had an all-pro kind of day with three sacks. But nonetheless, they're still uh, missing some of their depth, and it definitely saw it in this one. But, yeah, man, we'll see about the Bills. Like you said, they could be 9-2. and two. They got some tough games, uh, a couple of tough games on the schedule left, a minor game and now in Arizona on <laughs> uh, Monday night coming up that – uh, with the way not the Niners played, that is not necessarily a gimme. So we'll see how they finish out, but it feels like a playoff team. But I, I'm still waiting for that defense to really come along and uh, against a, uh, some of these better offenses. We'll see how they do in that one. We talked about the Giants earlier. They beat the Bengals 19-17, but uh, I think obviously the bigger story here is Daniel Jones, his entry status uh, moving forward as the Giants, as we said, are right there um, leading the way in the NFC East right now at 4-7. and seven. But uh, this is probably that game uh, on this list that there's really not a lot to talk about because I really think the only thing moving forward here, we know what the Bengals are without Joe Burrow. And now, you know, we look at the Giants and kind of say, well, they're they're in this race uh, to get to the playoffs. But uh, Daniel Jones' injury situation, um, you know, not exactly ideal at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that for all the criticism he gets, I feel like he's still a pretty critical part of what this team's able to do. When Colt McCoy went in there, you saw him struggle a bit. It did not look really inspiring. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that could be the difference between what they are able to do with this season, whether it means getting in the playoffs or not, if he's on the field, because Washington, yeah, is right there. They got that tiebreak, obviously, but their defense is coming along. I know it's against Brandon Allen, so a guy that's bounced around, been in other professional leagues, who's on the backup for the Rams for a bit. He's been all over the place. Not exactly an inspiring 
training quarterback to tell yourself you've really dominated someone. We'll see when they play the Seahawks and Cardinals in the next two weeks. Then they'll get some quarterback play. But without Daniel Jones in there, it's going to be tough to see them, uh, even with this lead that they have with that tie break, it's going to be tough for them to see them getting uh, this division crown. Yeah, Vikings get the win against the Panthers, uh, 28-27. Vikings uh, moved to 5-6, and six, as we said. Uh, let that Cowboys game get away. Uh, they're mm-hmm. feeling a little bit better about things right now. It looks like Dalvin Cook's injury, not as bad as, as thought um, initially, so that should be good there uh, for the Vikings. And uh, I think, you know, overall, again, I think this is another one of those games where it's like, what do you really learn here? I don't know there's a whole lot you take away from this. Uh, obviously, the late touchdown pass of uh, Kirk Cousins uh, to BB there for, for the win. But, I mean, overall, I think we've known with this Vikings team, this just isn't really that team that we thought it was going to be maybe entering the season. And uh, they're just kind of there trying to get back in the playoff picture. But I just don't think we look at this team. I mean, they were without Adam Thielen here. <clears> but overall, still, um, mm-hmm. you know, having to rally like they did, um, I just I don't really view this team as, as one where if we get to the playoffs, like we're picking against the Vikings probably in any scenario, unless they're playing uh, the Giants yeah. or Washington or someone like that. Yeah, it's still an uphill battle for them. They, it didn't help. Obviously, Arizona loses, but just still on the schedule, there's still teams that are, I mean, they're tied with the Bears, tied with San Francisco, who I feel like at this point you're probably feeling a little better about what the Niners have been able to do. So, and yeah, I mean, they need Arizona probably to keep falling because even after the Rams lost, their odds of making the playoffs, Tampa Bay's loss, they're all still really good, better uh, closing out schedules. The Vikings do get the Jags. If they win that game, which they should, and they're able to somehow win in Tampa Bay, then it gets a little more interesting. They do close out with one game against the Saints, but otherwise they have the Bears and Lions. It's not inconceivable to see them going 4-1 and one and finishing 9-7 and seven and hoping they have some sort of tiebreak to get in. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's not the most inspiring effort. They In the last two weeks, you would have expected a lot more. Obviously, they do win this one, but uh, Joey Slide more than capable of making that kick that he missed to win that one, so it could have been a different result. Obviously, they lost to the Cowboys the week before. Uh, it's just kind of who the Vikings are right now. They're they're they have a lot of talent. Dalvin Cook, yeah, I'm very happy that it sounds like he's going to be okay. Not just for obviously for any football player. I never want them to be injured. But on my fantasy team, I would not be able to survive without him. Uh, but at least for Minnesota's sake, I mean, yes, they need him as well. A team just overall though that right now they're they're fine. But I don't think it's going to be enough to be fine in the NFC to make the playoffs this year. Well, it was not an inspiring effort for the Cardinals, uh, who uh, lost the Patriots. Patriots win 2017 uh, there. They moved to 5-6. and six. They're trying to, to stay alive in that, that race in the AFC. The Cardinals, meanwhile, dropped to 6-5. and five. I think this was another example of every time you want to just be all in on the, the Cardinals, you know, they lose games like this, and you're all of a sudden back saying, well, mm-hmm. you know, if you can trust them. And I felt like that was really it here. I mean, Kyler Murray did not have a good game. Uh, Patriots just kind of one of their methodical type wins here. It felt like uh, after the Cardinals got up, you know, 10 nothing in the first quarter. But uh, from there, it was pretty much all Patriots. Yeah, it really looked like the NFC was going to be a runaway. It wasn't going to be much drama for playoff spots with uh, all these, these seven teams that were kind of leading the way for a while. Now the Cardinals losing these two games, it becomes a little more interesting again with yeah, all those teams I just mentioned right on their heels. And it's disappointing for, yeah, we – like you said, we want to believe in this team. We do, we do at certain points, but they just have these losses, these moments where the it always seems to be these like third and short. So they get to like second and short, and they end up having to miss field goals or go for it on fourth and not get it. Where just little moments that end up turning some of these games. The consistency not there. Kyler did not have his best game. You know, not always looking at QB rating, but a QB rating was 67 in this one against one of statistically advanced statistically and DVOA wise. Going into this game, the worst defense in the NFL 
Uh, so you expected a lot more from Arizona's offense in that one. I thought the you know <laughs> Patriots it was an interesting game. They did not play particularly well in offense. You would not have thought they were going to win with that kind of effort, those kind of stat lines, not even finishing with 200 yards, uh, but we're able to just make enough plays at the end of the game to get the win. And for, you know, New England still somehow in this playoff hunt, they have a, a three really tough opponents that are in weeks 14 to 16 in the Rams, Dolphins, and Bills. I don't know how they'll survive that, but, hey, they're they're still in the playoff race. They still got a shot. They need some help. But uh, winning this game was absolutely vital for them to possibly still get into the postseason. Yep, Patriots still chasing the Dolphins. And do we really have anything to say about the Dolphins winning a 20-3 to game against the Jets? <laughs> um, Jets are 0-11, uh, pretty much in danger of not winning a game this season. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I picked up in the Clutch Points League, um, that was he did pretty well. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't – Again, I don't know what you – this is just one of those games. Like, the Dolphins should have won this game. They won the game, and I feel like it's just you throw it out, you move on. I don't think you learn anything from this. <laughs> yeah, the Jets, man, uh, they might, uh, I have, I'll have to look at the stats on this later, but the amount of games where I feel like they have decent amount of yardage and, like, almost no points is insane. They, they, they'll, like, move the ball fine, but they just never score. <laughs> they have this ability – to do that, but yeah, the Dolphins obviously we trust their defense. They didn't figure they would struggle with the Jets. On the flip side, yeah, even with Fitzpatrick in there, uh, I thought they'd be able to get the job done. Not a not a ton of takeaways for Miami, but in in terms of just you know a big win for them to keep uh, this going after the the loss to to Denver, they needed this one and. Because, you know, it does help with some of the losses in other teams in the AFC as they navigate this playoff picture, which in the AFC compared to the NFC is definitely pretty crowded at this point. Jets' final five games, we'll run through these real quick. Uh, it's it's interesting to think that the two games that they may have the best chance to win were probably going to be their home games. And who are they against other than the two teams that you would fully expect to allow the Jets to win their first game of the season? That is the Raiders and the Browns. Um, so oh, Raiders no. and Browns fans have to be nervous because they're thinking, oh, my goodness, like these are the kind of games we lose. So uh, the other three, they're at the Seahawks, at the Rams, at the Patriots. I don't, win, I don't think they're winning any of those. Um, so, boy. Oh, the Raiders or the Browns. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, All right, let's uh, run through the Saints and the Broncos here. As we said, uh, a statistical anomaly for sure. Uh, The Broncos had 13 yards passing. Kendall Hinton, who stepped in, went one of nine, had two interceptions. Um, I mean, look, it is what it is. Uh, We knew this was – let's talk about somebody fantasy. I have the Saints in our Clutch Points League, and I have the Steelers in the Family League. So uh, quite an interesting week to have two defenses with the Saints and the Steelers, given the situation of their opponents. But, um, and I mean, I just – look, I, we, we thought the Saints should win this game. I know people are going to look at Taysom Hill and be like, well, you know, these stats and all this. But come on, this was just one of those games where the Broncos didn't have a quarterback, and boy, did it show. Yeah, it was uh, pretty – it was something else, man. Uh, I feel bad for uh, Kendall Hinton in terms of what he had to do. But at the same time, he handled it with grace after the game. Got a lot of compliments from a lot of Saints players. Cam Jordan, a, a lot of guys gave him props despite, you know – I mean, it's just – it is what it is. I know he played some quarterback at Wake Forest, but it's a lot different <laughs> trying to prepare in one day. Um, for this one. So really weird game. We didn't figure they would be able to move the ball against uh, against New Orleans, who has a really good defense. On the flip side, New Orleans, yeah, like you said, Taysom Hill didn't play great, played pretty poorly, really uh, passing the ball at least. But they didn't have to do – they didn't really have to worry about that. They knew they were going to be able to run okay. And they knew that their defense was going to give them the ball plenty of time. So it was a modified game plan. Still, though, I mean, it is staggering to see that the combined, I think, yeah, 91 passing yards between these two teams, the lowest since 1982, 
uh, when the Dolphins and Patriots combined for 89. I'm guessing the weather in that one was a lot worse than this. Um, but man, it was it was it was interesting to see what the Broncos tried to do, but it it was set up to fail against a team that maybe would have been more interesting if we saw them playing a team like the Jets or some team that we're not as yeah. confident in as the Saints, where we we've been talking about how they've been coming together and really on that defensive side. Uh, they're a really strong unit, so they weren't allowed to let that have anything really crazy happen to them. Well, this next game was interesting. This was the turnover game yeah. of the week, um, for sure. Uh, Rams turned it over four times. 49ers turned it over three times, and it was the Niners who got the win, 23-20. to 20. We know Dylan's going to have a lot to say about this one uh, <laughs> because uh, this was another one where, you know, you're wanting to buy into the Rams, and then you're like, well, yeah. you know, you could have moved to 8-3 and three here. Now you're 7-4. and four. The Niners are back up to 5-6. and six. Um, Things are a lot more interesting. But, uh, yeah, this was this felt like a missed opportunity for sure for the Rams. Yeah, in terms of their division odds uh, after this, those took a significant hit. But their playoff odds are about the same. They barely went down at all just based on the schedule they have and some of the other results. So for the in terms of getting in the playoffs, and maybe it's better, you might want to be that five seed <laughs> playing, as we've talked about, against yep, the winner of the exactly. NFC East. Maybe it did work out well for them. But, no, I, it's disappointing because now it's four straight losses to San Francisco. Uh, the beginning of the McVay era, they were able to take care of business against their one of their biggest rivals, at least in terms of – most sports uh, outside of football in terms of the L.A.-San Francisco rivalry. Now it's four straight defeats to a team that they felt like they could have and beaten the first time. They felt like they could have beat them in the last game or the second time they faced each other late in the 2019 season and now it's uh, yesterday. Um, they're lucky, though, it was even that close. It, I mean, they scored 17 points in just over three minutes. It went from them looking like uh, they had no chance of suddenly having a lead. Obviously, they weren't able to take care of it. At the end, it, it comes down to, the, you know, and, and McVay – to his credit, who usually is really positive about his players, was more critical of Jared Goff. And the offensive line wasn't fantastic, but it really did. And, you know, receivers weren't as open as you would like. The, the spaces weren't there. But at the same time, there were a lot of throws that Goff missed in crunch time that could have been the difference. Bad decisions. But uh, outside of just the decisions, there were just simple throws. Uh, like, I think it was a second and five that would have kept that. Uh, last-minute drive going, uh, he just completely overthrew uh, Robert Woods. And this is another play where it's a contested play with contact, but it, you know there's not going to be a call if there's no the ball's not in the the area. So those were frustrating things because you felt like the defense fought really hard. They obviously turned the game around with two plays by Aaron Donald, the the sack uh, after the the play before we get the strip for the the fumble return for the touchdown. And so those. I mean, the defense has played fantastic. I know this game, at certain points, they struggled uh, with some of the designs that were able to open up throws for Nick Mullins. But overall, they bounced back and really played hard. Uh, just not their day. They, I mean, even though, again, they could have had a chance to win it. That's the one good thing about the Rams. It feels like they have had a lot of games this year where they've really not put together complete performances, especially on offense. But they're always, it seems like, in it close at the end of the games. You think about the Bills game, this one, games, and even when they fought back against the Niners, they – they still are maybe aren't a finished product. That's the one upside, but at the same time, I don't know. You know, some weeks Jared's going to have it, other weeks he's not, and that's just living uh, with this team as it is, and that might be, at the end of the day, the story of the 2020 Rams. Well, if you want to talk about defenses, the Bears, uh, boy, they didn't play much of that because uh, the Packers 
win 41-25 in a game that was nowhere near that close. Um, mm-hmm. This was just a complete domination. The Packers scored all 41 of those points in the first three quarters, um, and this was just domination uh, for the Packers here. And at least our guy Allen Robinson getting on the board here with two mm-hmm. touchdowns, but uh, at least that's going to help him on his next team <laughs> because I can't imagine at this point, uh, as we've seen his frustration um, and all the stuff, I mean, there's just get this guy on another team and give him an opportunity because uh, the Bears are just going nowhere. As we said, they you know sort of felt like a team that you were not buying when they were what they were now. All of a sudden, here they are at five and six. Uh, Bears kind of right where you expect them to be. Uh, the Packers probably are as well at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy though. Uh, you know, some Bears fans were upset when they started what five and one, I believe. Yeah. It was, uh, with the the national, it was kind of like the Browns, where people were like, you know, you're not as good as your record. And sure enough, now it is five straight losses. This one, the most disappointing for their defense, this is the worst they've. Uh, looked really all season. Uh, even in some of the games they've given up a solid amount of points, I feel like they've had better efforts than this um, on that side of the ball. In, in, on the other side, yeah, I mean, Chicago ends up with 25 points and a decent amount of yards, but take that with a grain of salt. They got those two of those touchdowns in garbage time with the, the Packers just chilling basically in their base defense. It was nothing really happening there. Um, just a dominating performance for the Packers. Uh, I don't know how much I learned from it. At least, you know, they're able to take care of an opponent they should beat well, which they haven't done consistently this year. Um, but we'll see what they're – and, again, this defense, I, I still don't know <laughs> how much I trust. They're going to win this division. They still have a shot uh, with that win over the Saints at getting the one seed. They should definitely be going for that because um, I do think it would help for them to be at home playing again, rather than on the road against some of these really good offenses. Um, so, yeah, good for them to get that win for the Bears, man. It's, uh, I know Matt Nagy was calling out some of the players today and their effort, but, I mean, I know they went, I know he won coach of the year two years ago and they went 12-4, and four, but he's maybe not quite in the hot seat like some of these other guys we're talking about, but it's getting it's interesting, and it might, maybe it's more of just the, the build of this team because I don't know if they have what it takes with the, the roster they have on offense, especially to get wins, mostly with, obviously, the quarterback position, but the offensive line as well. Yep, uh, so there's the action uh, that's been played thus far in Week 12. But, uh, Dylan, as we look ahead to uh, Week 13, uh, any fantasy uh, waiver wire pickups that have caught your eye? I think for me, I am targeting the unbelievable Raiders-Jets game here uh, because uh, Josh Jacobs' injury, a lot of people are pointing out that uh, when you look at Devontae Booker, he's an obvious addition Mm -hmm. if Josh Jacobs doesn't play against the Jets. On the flip side, Frank Gore going up against the Raiders, who, as we saw, um, you know their defense not exactly playing well right now either. So those two yeah. are, are two to keep an eye on. I mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier. Um, when you look at their schedule, um, we don't really know the situation and what they're going to do there, but they play the Bengals, uh, and then they play the Chiefs. Yep. So you know that they're going to have to put up a lot of you know passing yards in that one. Uh, so I would mm-hmm. give him an eye just in case maybe you need him uh, here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, if you need, yeah, quarterback trouble-wise, as you mentioned, I think that's a great point with Fitzpatrick. Even if it's just for this next week, I mean, I don't always love trusting Kirk Cousins, but against the Jaguars, he should put up decent numbers. I would not start him the week after against Tampa Bay. But that's at least one guy, uh, two decent options that, uh, depending on how deep your league is, should be open. Um, at running back, man, it's it's tougher. Uh, it's the inconsistency. Like, I'm not going to really trust that Latavius Murray is going to constantly put up over 24 points in fantasy. They're not going to have that yeah. kind of just full-on rushing attack. Although I will say, since they've it's, it's gone from uh, Breeze to Taysom, you've seen, obviously, Kamara being used a little differently, not as efficiently, and Murray's definitely picking up the pace a bit. So he's one of the guys I would look at maybe a lot of people thought Brian Hill, would, including myself, would have a, a better uh, part of the Falcons offense. Instead, it was Ido Smith that really 
uh, went off to them. So, uh, you know, if you really are struggling at running back, there's obviously a lot of injuries there. Uh, you can consider him. I would not consider guys like Cam Akers necessarily as locks, uh, just given how much the Rams fluctuate with what they do on offense. Adrian Peterson, a decent look. I guess because it doesn't, I don't know what's happening with Swift right now. And uh, it's just also with the influx of, with, uh, with Patricia gone, he could, he might, I mean, this is just kind of the case with them at this point. He might get more opportunities at receiver looking quickly at those man, none, none that really stick out a ton. Uh, like I guess T Y Hilton technically he's, he's had a couple back to back decent games. Uh, getting higher target shares, but otherwise it's just a, a group that isn't as consistent. Al Mazar, maybe, as, as you're saying, like that could work out okay as a pickup. Um, and other than that, tight end, last one, I guess, you know, if Tanya, depending on his health, has it's been more consistent with him performing pretty well. Uh, but it, it's getting down to the pickings after that for the, the guys that are owned in 50% of leagues. Um, and defense-wise, I'm not sure what they would have to look at the actual ownership uh, percentages, but uh, looking at the matchups moving forward, eh, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully you have a defense you trust. There's not a lot of great ones. So maybe the maybe the Packers against the Eagles. The Packers are yeah. owning 46% of leagues, and the Eagles, I'm not really trusting that uh, offense at this point. Yeah, me either. But, uh, yeah, start playing the matchups. We are getting down to uh, the fantasy playoffs are almost here, so start playing those matchups for sure when it comes to defense. Uh, so check all those out, uh, those waiver wire pickups. And, uh, Dylan, for everything else, uh, we got a lot going on at Clutch Points, don't we? Yes, uh, the NBA training camp starting this week, which is insane. Uh, but you can follow all of our coverage of that, as well as the preseason games for the NBA in the Clutch Points app. You can follow all of the NFL games in the Clutch Points app. We'll try to figure out what's happening here with this Ravens-Steelers game constantly moving in there. Uh, but you can read all of our content in there. You can listen to this podcast in the Clutch Points app. You can read all of our fantasy content. If you go to clutchpoints.com, search fantasy football, we'll still have you know, waivers claims are going to be pushed back a bit we're still going to have our article on that tomorrow uh when you'll be listening to this it should be live if you search fantasy football on the website that'll pop up we'll have our stardom sitem all those uh recommendations uh coming up as well yep check all that at clutch points and as always uh, subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you use just search for us on there uh thanks as always to the fine folks the blue wire for all that they do and thank you guys always for listening and we'll talk to you next time here on the establish the past podcast tell you about bet online a football back in full swing and while you may not be out of game the rest of the season you can still be out on the action at bet online bet online go on the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win the season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day all you got to do is head over to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses and don't forget use the promo code bluewire at bet online.ag that's promo code blue wire all one word bet online your online sports book experts